following message is presented by Community Gospel Church in Bremen, Indiana. It is our great privilege to share this ministry with you. We in no way intend for this to be a replacement for the local church. It is our prayer that this would serve as a resource to help make Jesus Christ known in our congregation and other congregations gathering across the world. For more information about Community Gospel Church, visit www.communitygospelchurch.com. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Hello. 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 Okay, so secret time. Before we hit record, we are kind of like, eh, and then we hit record and we're like, hey. hey. So <laughs> you got to fake it till you make yeah, it. Yeah, if you're wondering. And <laughs> for the most part, um, this is probably how we talk to each other in real life. Probably. You think so? I don't know. Or do you yeah. think it, it gets a oh, little... Oh, like, w- like normally? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I think this is kind of how we talk in yeah, real life. Yeah, this is kind of like the, the normal thing. Is this thing. fake life? I don't know. I just know that sometimes <laughs> when you hit a record button and you, you talk to people, you change. Oh, yeah, that's fair. No, I think this is kind of us. Yeah, I'd, I'd say you get like the real deal or whatever the case is. So, um, pre-happy Easter, Jessica. Yeah, yeah, it is Easter season. That's We're, we're getting there. A lot. I asked Bethany the other day, who is my wife, for those of you that don't know. Um, I asked her the other day, I said, what are you going to do when Easter's over? Cause Take a breath. She sleep. is, I mean, I live with my foot on the gas pedal. Right. I don't think she does. I think she put her foot through the floor. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then like, and th- and you can go that long yeah. for like a long time, like, yeah. like all the way. I don't think she, that's not her. I'm a marathon runner. Yeah. She's, she's running eight <laughs> hundreds. <Yeah. laughs> Cause like she has, oh, and we have so much stuff coming up at church, which is great. It's mm-hmm. awesome. But it is so funny. I told her the other day, I said, you want to know how I know you're in your giftedness? Because you just have taken off. Like, yeah. just so... I mean, she keeps just handing me documents. Like, oh, they're what long. what about this? And what about this? And yeah. I'm like... They're good. Okay. Long. Don't tell her I skim them. <laughs> I read one of them. I let you respond on the other. <laughs> she doesn't listen to this anyway, so I say whatever I want. She exactly. <laughs> <laughs> she kept like... I, w- I had like four from her in my email, and I'm like... What in the world? Like this woman is on it, and so, so I was like, "It looks great, babe. It looks it all you looks did, you wonderful." You gave a great response. I, um, so I read it, yeah, but I didn't look at a single verse. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "I'm going to assume she's going to pull good verses, so yeah. we'll skip that part." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I trust your doctrine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Who does? Like we talked about that a few weeks ago. You, you can't skip the verses. You can't. You're looking at it like. Mm. Pro- that's in context. Yeah, sure. Well, sure. I have no idea. It's if you if, <laughs> if you saw like uh, First Kings, yeah. you'd be like, whoa, 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 where are we going? Why we have Chronicles <laughs> in the Good Friday yeah. service? We don't need Chronicles up in the Good Friday oh, service. So, so funny. Oh yeah, it's too, it's too funny. Anyway, um, so yeah, pretty happy Easter. Moving into the Easter yeah. season, uh, or Resurrection Sunday season, whichever one you want to call it. But um, yeah, like we have lots going on for we Easter. Do. So. Super fun though. Yeah. Um, I I mean, last year COVID got Easter, and this year we kind of reclaimed it. So hard, like yeah. we like punched yeah, COVID we're like, in hey, the face. Hey, everything we didn't do for the past ten years, <laughs> we're doing. We're gonna do it this year. <laughs> That's true. That is kind of true. Uh, oh my goodness. All right. Anyway, we're walking through Paul David Tripp's book Lead, and we are in chapter eight. For those of you who are following and paying attention, and the episode numbers don't line up with the chapters because we uh, did the introduction. Yes, as that's one. right. Good so. Call. This is technically episode nine, mm-hmm. but chapter eight, and we're talking about candor. And uh, this is kind of interesting. It's, yeah. it's a short chapter. It was. It was a little shorter. So um, we might be a little shorter. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, we're long with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. We, we, we're just formulating our thoughts. For you to listen <laughs> as we formulate. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, okay. Now I, when we get done, we should probably like hit the record button again. We're yeah. like, okay, now that we know. <laughs> Exactly what we're we're talking this about. This is what happens when you get two like verbal processors. <sighs> <laughs> Just gotta spit it out. It's so true. Anyway, um, so uh, full disclosure, hundred percent transparency. I looked at it and thought completely like all candor. I don't know. Candor. What is candor? Right? Like, <laughs> did you Google it? I didn't. I'm not you. you. Should have. You do that I all do the that. time. Like I post something, you're I like, almost mm, did. what and is I'm- this? <laughs> I almost Googled it, like, when I just read the... I'm like, I wonder what the definition of candor is. I'm like, I'll just read it. What is it? figure it out. Do you know? 
Like, no, what is the... The the, the, act, the worldly definition? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I just... I guess. What is your definition? I'm Googling it right now. Um, I'm going to do it. I'd never have my phone open. You don't. But I do now. So whatever. I don't know. Like, I guess, like, if you speak with candor, you speak with, like, complete authenticity. Like, you're honest and truthful. Is that what candor means? Candor, according to the Marian... uh, Marian? Is it? Miriam? Miriam. I don't know. How do you pronounce that? Miriam. M-E-R-R-I-A-M. Miriam. Miriam. Webster Dictionary. Merriam-Webster. Okay. According to Webster. (laughs) That's easier. (laughs) uh, Candor related to the uh, adjective candid refers to straightforward honesty or frankness in speech or expression. And then there's a little picture of your face right there. Yeah, that would be me. Uh You're very candor. So is Bethany, though, (laughs) to be fair. the the most hilarious part of this is Bethany and I had a full conversation on like this topic without ever saying this word yesterday. Really? Oh yeah. So then I'm reading it and I'm like, oh, like where sometimes we are with others, but we're not about ourselves is basically what it boiled down to. Like I'm able to be frank and truthful about your life. Maybe not so much. Well, why not? My own. Like, what's the deal? Oh, my pride. Oh. Like, I don't want to be truthful. Plus, <laughs> that I was so to the point. You're like, oh, because I'm prideful. Because I'm full of pride. Yeah. And because I don't want to admit my mistakes. And I don't like to not, I don't like to have mistakes. I like to be right. This is why we don't do reviews. Yeah. Because I'd sit down with you. I'd be like, Jess, this is everything that's wrong with you. You'd be like, yep. Yep. This is it. And what are we going to do to work on it? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Uh, it's my flesh. <laughs> I'm wrestling with it. It keeps winning. That's the problem when you've been in church world for long <laughs> enough. You're like, I know all the answers. I can give you I all give the you Jesus Bible everything. answers. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, um, because I'm a sinner. I'm falling. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> what it is. <laughs> you're uh, wrong. All right. So anyway, uh, you're uh, yeah, yeah. Like what? Why? Why do you have problems? I know. I know your pride. You gotta yeah. have to expand on that. No, a little bit. I think. Um, I think it's twofold because I did. I. I I was thinking through this, like, do I struggle with this? And I think pride is a big part of it. I mm-hmm. don't, I, I struggle with admitting when I'm wrong. I'm huge. I don't, I don't like to um, admit my weaknesses sometimes. There are some weaknesses that are like, you can kind of wear as like a badge of honor. Like mm-hmm. I struggle with this, but it's okay yeah, because yeah. da da da. You know, but I think it's hard to get out of your own way. And sometimes I mm-hmm. think we just don't even see it in ourselves. Right. Um, but then I also think there's a, a, the other side of that is, it's hard to trust people. Um, mm. I've have a lot of church hurt from yeah. my past. Um, I have been in a place where I've been completely candid with someone, and they took that information Ooh, you and used candid. I did because that was a good candor, way. To, I couldn't candor. figure out how to say candor. Ooh, got it. All right, yeah. keep going, sir. Anyways, they took that information. Yeah. And broke trust and told a large group of people that, and yep. so um, I put up walls because. Man, I've been there. Yeah. I've been there where like. Uh, have you ever said something um maybe this is just me like you're candid with somebody in hopes that they'll see you like in a better light yeah (laughs) it's like oh man i struggle with that and then they look at you and they're like oh they're like oh but then it can backfire Mm -hmm. on you and then they're like hey did you know jordan struggles with and you're like what is wrong with you I told you this in uh, <laughs> this is full confidence. Absolutely. Yeah. And you broke that confidence. And so now I'm going to be a lot less likely. And that's happened, unfortunately, in the church world for me, which I think mm-hmm. sometimes like world hurt is hard, but church work, church hurt. It's it's devastating. Do you put that on the same level as like marriage hurt? Because like, yeah, because you so. can't you can't leave. Like, so we've talked about this or maybe we've never talked about this, but like, um, in our marriage, like we just don't use divorce. Oh no, it's not. Like, we a, never talk about it. It's not an option. And you're not going anywhere. Yeah, unless you're, you're dead. Yeah. Like, and even <laughs> then, I'll probably carry you around. <laughs> that got a little morbid. <laughs> Here's my wife's ashes. <laughs> I'm just walking around with her. She's pretty. Uh, I could just see you like petting the urn. Like, people are like, is that an urn? Yeah. You can't bring Bethany to lunch, Jordan. Uh, anyway, that's gross. Um. So anyway. We just don't. We just don't no, bring it up. Yeah, absolutely. We don't talk about it. Same with us. But I think is the same is true, or maybe you should have the same mentality with church. Mm. Yeah. Should you? Yeah. No. Uh, until I think the difference is if the church strays from God's word. Right. Then I think that's. 
I, then, You're not divorcing the church. Yeah, and then at that point, would that really be considered the church anymore because they've strayed so far from God's yeah, word? I don't know. So, because I do think there are times, um, and I wouldn't want to be like you. You become a member of this church, you can never leave. If mm. you move, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if yeah. you like, if your life takes you out of the general location of one body, yeah, find another body. Um, yeah. But I would say, as a global church, that yeah, like you're part of you're that global leaving. church. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a good point. He says. Uh, Excuse me. Uh, principally, uh, uh, spiritually. Sorry, principally. What? Yeah. It doesn't even start with the same <laughs> letter. Anyway, a spiritually healthy leadership community is characterized by the humility of approachability and the courage of loving honesty. Now, here's my rub. When he said that, how in the world does that tie in to candor? Like he doesn't use the word, which is which is right. which is interesting because mm-hmm. he just says. Um, humility of approachability and the courage of loving honesty. Is he talking about self or is he talking about um, like the community? Yes. <laughs> I think the answer is yes. I think you have to have a community that is approachable. If you, if you are a group of people, like in, this is not like when we're talking community, I don't think it's the entire, it's not the entire church. It's your circle of people who, um, you're close to mm-hmm. there's you're you're real like whether it's your small group of people you're leading um it's a group of people you meet with so like keep that in mind this is not necessarily hundreds of people it probably won't be it'd probably be like five people <laughs> like or three people sure like, I think Jesus said twelve twelve so you're not Jesus go, yeah go, so go less yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I think you need to be a group that is approachable that you uh, you welcome hard conversations and mm-hmm. you welcome um, people speaking truth in your life and you um, it's not like you don't put that wall up. And then I think it's that idea of love being lovingly honest is then I'm going to then say those hard things to you. So I think it's twofold. Like you, it's the people receiving the information mm-hmm. and the, the person saying the information because at any point you could be one, either one of those people. Yeah, so I was reading through it, and I, I'm instantly reminded of the circles, which is an, uh, an old, for those of you that don't know, this is an old youth ministry. I can't even remember who created it or whatever, but they probably stole it from somebody else. Absolutely, so that's whatever. all we do anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We plagiarize with the best of them. So <laughs> Jessica just took a drink, and I, I thought that was going to go across the room. It, it, uh, it, it kind of went up the nose a little. Anyway, yeah, anyway, <laughs> the circles are this, real quick. Um Inner circle is the circle of intimacy reserved for your spouse because yep. you are intimate with your spouse physically, emotionally, all those things. So that's number one. Number two, circle a little outer is your circle of influence, the people who influence you, but the people that you influence mm-hmm. in return. And I would say this is where candor comes in yeah, because this is where you're really candid with those people yep. and they're really um, candid with you. Jesus's circle of um, influence was 12, mm-hmm. um, but we could probably bring that down a little bit to more to three. three yeah. 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 So all those guys that were on the Mount of Transfiguration mm-hmm. and then he had one, yeah. which is John, which yep. he loved. So, uh, and of course he took care of his mom. Yeah. Like anybody takes care of mama's good. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and then outside of that circle, you have your circle of concern, mm-hmm. which is, these are people who I'm genuinely concerned about. And then the world kind of right. revolves around the rest of them. So, um, so yeah, I would say, the circle of influence is exactly what he's talking about. Yeah. Or maybe he's getting at. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Okay. All right. So um, my my question walking through it, I, I have multiples. So um, first is why, and I don't want to go in the marriage side because we've already talked about marriage a lot. Right. But I guess why, why does our spouse, to, to hint on it just a little bit, why does our spouse leave the circle of intimacy and move into the circle of influence. You know what I'm saying? We and, and we like kind of bring like a buddy in, even though oh, they can't be physically yeah. intimate, you know, we bring them into that circle of intimacy. Like why do you think people do that? Like they they mix up those circles a little bit or bring somebody from the circle of concern down mm-hmm. into the circle of influence. Like Well, I think um going from like concern to influence, I think those are gonna shake up at times. Mm-hmm. Um so I I wouldn't necessarily say it would be wrong 
to move someone out of your circle of influence as your life changes. As oh, I've cycle, done that. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. And move someone else in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... I think when your spouse gets in the mix, like, and when you're talking about that circle of intimacy and when we've removed our spouse is when we've stopped, um, approaching life as a team, like Mm. that two become one idea. We've said, I'm, I'm now an individual. When the we becomes I. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. Yeah. So Mm. I think that's when that happens. And then we become discontent and we become frustrated and we sh- we push that person out and we bring someone in that's going to hear tell us what we want to hear right and not necessarily what we need to hear at times yeah. um so because yeah marriage is hard and yeah. it takes work and it's very you have to be very humble and very giving um in your marriage and um i think that's hard well and like you said like you're going to have some judases in your yeah. circle of influence and you're gonna have to kick them out when mm-hmm. you see who see them for who they really truly are right. you know um i've had people who were influencing me and i'm like whoa 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 mm-hmm. whoa, whoa, whoa you can't be in here you know like you're yeah. you're not good for me and you're not good for us either you yeah. know like the rest of the people that are there mm-hmm. so um, and sometimes your life just changes i think acknowledge yeah. that like there are just times that you you, move, you move job change yeah. different stage of life different people you are you see on a regular basis yep. um that just happens i remember when we joined the efca uh like things started shifting around absolutely because i had i had some pastor connections they weren't necessarily bad but um they were guys that were just in the non-denominational mm-hmm. world and then these guys from the efca just started pouring in and it, it things just changed a little yeah. bit, you know, so that's fine. And as a woman, like a mom, we find it as our kids grow and their, their friends change. Um, mm-hmm. It sometimes changes who we spend a lot of our time with. And that can, that doesn't have to be a bad thing. So. That's interesting. You brought that up. Like, so would you say that you're people who you're candid with? And I think candid and circle of influence are the same. Yep. So when, when I say that, like, that's, that's what we're talking about. Cause I think you're talking about being, yeah. um, candid with that person right. being candid with you do you think as a woman they should all be women and as a man they should all be men yes why what like make a case make a case um i think there is a level of intimacy that even though it's not the intimacy circle that happens when you're completely candid with someone yeah um and it's especially if it is um Yes. I, I just think you're opening a door. Mm-hmm. If you're married, like you're opening that door. And even if you're not like be very cautious of having a, if you're a woman having a guy that the more you share and the more you talk with someone of the opposite sex, it connects you. Mm-hmm. And I think it opens up the door for um, emotional affairs that then lead to a physical affairs. So um, where, so where would like you and I fall in that category? Like, are we not even on that circle or how do you explain yeah, this, how this, for lack of a better right. word. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you're my boss. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I'm thinking, you know, some yeah. people are sitting there thinking about it and they're like, wait, I wait. have coworkers and these yeah. things. Like, uh, is that is that something that is, am I am I wrong? Is this bad? If th- you are, you're weird. <laughs> hey, like hello. Because you're a pastor too. Right, right. So right. that throws you into that counseling role. Mm-hmm. I, I still have to be so careful, especially if it's in regards to my spouse, of how much I share with you. Right, right. Um, and there are very huge boundaries that we've set up. Mm-hmm. Um, our spouses are very much a part of our conversations a lot. They're a part of our, our, um, our work life too. Absolutely. Yeah. Part of our text message threads. Right, you right. know, like there are boundaries in place to make sure that um, there's not lines crossed there or blurred or mm-hmm. the perception, I should say, of yeah. those lines. Um, but I think I still... If I'm going to name my top three people outside of my husband who I'm going to go with, go to and just be completely honest with, it's probably not you. Right. <laughs> and he would That's say fine. the same yeah, for yeah. me. I, th- um, I think the, the, the circles that we're talking about are in regards to your personal life. Yeah. Like this is this is you personally. Uh, in, in the work world, it's a different story, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, and, and you could say church world too. Like that's that's a whole different grid. I yeah. think, and I don't think that's what we're talking about here. When we're mm-hmm. talking about candid, I think in the leadership roles, those circles are named different things. Yeah. So, do you influence me, and I influence you? Well, yeah, absolutely, a hundred percent. But what does that look like right. in regards to a work setting that's different right. from a personal setting? So, like, you don't, <laughs> you don't call me or or text me at eight o'clock and go, "Hey, um, Matt is." 
xyz right. and i'd be like uh, okay like handle what? your business yeah. woman you know <laughs> here's my wife talk to her <laughs> yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. To text her instead i think if you're in yeah. that situation and there's been situations that have happened before where that's happened it's mm-hmm. awkward on on me yeah and i'm just like uh, you're talking about something very personal right. and you're asking me to influence in that way i think you need to go to my wife i think yeah. and and i think as a leader you need to identify those things mm-hmm. and you need to pray for wisdom and discernment to identify Absolutely. those things. Because if I'm texting you and I'm like, Hey Jess, like what do you think about? And it's a personal matter. Right. Th- you're looking at me going, why did you text yeah. message me this? You know what I mean? Like, but, <laughs> yep. or, or if it's, Hey Jess, this is a personal thing. I'm thinking this through. And my wife is on the text mm-hmm. message thread. That's a different that story a because different story. you're doing life together as a couple. Mm-hmm. I love when a woman in the church will text me and put her husband on, the, on the thread because she's she's asking me for influence mm-hmm. and she's saying, "Hey, this is what's going on in my life," and she's letting her husband but see. My, I'm all fully of it. transparent with what's happening, right? Like my husband knows, and and a lot of this candidness I think they're talking about too is, "Hey, this is a sin mm-hmm. that I am struggling with, and this is where I'm weak," and that's there's a level of vulnerability there, right? Um, that as especially as women when it connects you. Right. Um, we are highly relational and emotional at times. And if you open that door with a man, that's opening that door for so many other issues and problems and temptations that you don't even, you might not even realize are there. So, um, yeah, absolutely be cautious. Yeah. Like if you're a guy who struggled with pornography and you text message a woman and you're like, Hey, this is happening Uh right now or whatever the case is, she's intrigued, Yeah, you know, whether she says it or not. And then all of a sudden she knows now something that is a weakness of yours. Mm -hmm. We're into the wayward woman in Proverbs and she knows how to seduce and uh, it just goes south in a hurry. So, that's uh, that to me, uh, and I, I would agree with you in regards to your circles and who you're candid with. It needs to be female to female, guy to guy. Like yeah. that's that just is so important, except for the circle of intimacy that's Absolutely. reserved for your spouse, because that's where you're at. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's important. All right. So on page one sixty three, he says, "What silences us?" And I'm just gonna read this paragraph just so it kind of brings everybody up to speed. But it says, "Why isn't?" humble candor more of a regular part of our ministry leadership culture. So he's moving away from kind of the per, per, personal right. circles and he's moving into kind of leadership and what leadership looks like. And he's saying, why aren't we more ready to confess discouragement or struggle? Why do we sit in silence as we watch fellow leaders drift away from the type of people God calls them to be? Why are there too many of us more defensive than approachable? Why do we seem more concerned about it and activated by the sin of others than we are by our own? And then uh, two more questions. He says, or actually one, what silences humble gospel candor in our leadership communities? Well, I want to suggest a few answers to these questions. My (laughs) hope is that it will prompt our community of self-examination and discussion. And then he goes into, I believe, four, correct? Uh, Yes, I think so. So he goes into No, five. 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 So he goes into five things that silences, essentially, a leadership community or culture into humble candor and uh i just kind of want to like break yeah. these down a little mm-hmm. bit and and true false or um still kind of wrestling with it the first thing he says is the pride of personal maturity true or false true because <laughs> paul said it because yeah well i mean because i personally i know that that often is my kicker mm-hmm. um that that desire to um which is pride yeah mm-hmm. not not be open and transparent because I don't want other people to think I'm lacking. Um, it's, he says in here, pride and confession are enemies. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, there's a lot of truth. Yeah. To that. There's a lot of truth to that. You know, with in order to confess uh, your sins, you have to humble yourself. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I think as leaders, especially if, especially leaders, we are in a position of high influence at times and to admit your weaknesses and your struggles means you have to be vulnerable um, and humble and that's hard. Mm-hmm. I found um, it was int- it's funny how things like line up because uh, the other day I was reading um, just about some uh, some ways to respond to email mm-hmm. like that some things like people say in regards to what they should say and one of the things um, was let me see if I can find it it says essentially, 
uh, when you make a mistake. Some people say, I made a small error, right? Some people say, oh, sorry, my bad, totally missed that. What you need to say, nice catch, updated, file attached, thanks for letting me know. Mm. Like, and I was instantly drawn, so we released this thing to our congregation, which was frequently asked questions. I sent it to you. I was like, hey, check this over. You're like, there's typos in it. <laughs> I was so nice <laughs> about it. Listen, we were texting. This was not a like, right. this was this was way past my thinking time. I was mean. I was like, dude, you have so many typos. <laughs> well, that. and it's so small, but it's so in this vein yeah. because it's a document that was kind of near and dear to my heart. Right. We're going to go. We're going to send this out. I could have looked at you and been like, doggone it, Jessica. <laughs> like, seriously, typos. But you're looking at it from the standpoint of, hey, this is going out to our congregation. People will nitpick this to death. You yeah. know, you need to know these things. You you have to, in that moment, say, good catch. Yeah. Updated them. Send it back out. Like, see it, you know, for what it is, do another read through or whatever the case is. Um, if it makes you feel better, your wife did it to me yesterday. She does it all the time. I was like, hey, check this over. And she's like, well, this has like three typos on it. I was like, oh, crap. I got to reprint all those pages. But when you read your own stuff, you don't see it. Well, like when I first started sending her sermons, it was so hard for her because it's the outline. Yeah. And it's it's not well thought. Like it's, it's just to help you remember. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I mean, it's highlighted yeah. in different colors and all this <laughs> other stuff. And she's like, she's like, I, I can't do this. Yeah. And she's like, she, cause she would love a manuscript. I'm like, I'm giving you a manuscript. You're going to, you're going to mark it all yeah. up and say, this is not right or whatever the case is. So she just kind of learned to, to, right. to figure it out or whatever the case is. But it's funny. I've had to even change some things in there to help her like see themes like, Hey, this is what we're doing. And this is the yeah. kind of direction we're going. Why do people have such a hard time humbling themselves and saying, hey, I made a mistake? I do not understand why people can't just say they made a mistake. Or maybe I, It's hard. I'm hard. I, I can't. I, I don't do it know. too. Like, I understand. But I don't know. I struggle with it. Like, if, if, if you were to ask my husband, he'd be like, oh, yeah, she's terrible. <laughs> like, I'm the person. I was a kid that never apologized. I'm still the adult that has to really struggle, too. It's, it is a pride issue. It is a, I don't like to be wrong. I like to be right. Yeah. And I really do don't like you to point out when I'm wrong. So going into candor, mm-hmm. do, do you look at somebody and, and say like, say you're sorry? Isn't it funny we do this with our oh, kids all the time? I have a hard time. It I, If I'm going to apologize, it's going to take me a while to get there. So probably two years ago, reading this parenting book or listening to somebody who was talking about parenting and they're like, you shouldn't force your kids to say I'm sorry. And for like six months, I bought into it. I was yeah, like, no. oh, and now I'm like, no, you need to learn to say, I'm sorry. Like yeah. you need to, because the more you do it, yeah. the easier it gets. Yeah. That's bad parenting advice. One on one. If you do not like, oh, don't say you're sorry. No, say you're sorry. And they're like, but they don't mean it. They might not mean it in that moment, but they still said it. And mm-hmm. that's the confession that we need in order to get further. You just need to say, I'm sorry. Maybe you're not saying it to that person. Maybe you're saying it to yourself, whatever the case is. I'm sure some child psychologist is just <laughs> ripping me apart yeah. inside. But regardless, just to hear yourself say, I was wrong. This is why marriages mm-hmm. struggle, right? Like, just <clears throat> say you're right. sorry. Just say, just like, stop. What, what are you gaining here? by? But it wasn't my fault. Who cares? Yeah. You're on the same team. So if there was an error that was committed, regardless of whose fault it is, is it really that hard to say yeah. you're sorry? I don't know. Whatever. All right. The answer is yes, it's still hard. <laughs> if you know, But I think if you struggle with it, like being aware of that helps um, because I know I struggle with it. Yeah. It's something when oh, I'm, whether I've exploded at my kids or whether I've, you know, Matt and I have gotten to a fight or something like, because I know that's a weakness of mine and I'm aware of that. Oftentimes I'm able to recognize that a little bit sooner. Mm-hmm. And so then um, I can go and apologize. I think if you're not aware of if that's something you do struggle with, but you don't really acknowledge that, mm-hmm. then you won't ever be able to, with God's help, overcome that. So just being aware Start of apologizing to the dog. Yeah. Like just start Your kids there. are really easy. Like I think my kids are easy to apologize to. Mm. And, I, and you should. If you're a parent and you've never apologized to your kids, you probably should have at it's some so point. It's so humbling. And- it's such a good lesson for them. Mm-hmm. They learn by watching you. So when they see you mess up and they know when you mess up, they're they know. You're gonna think you're weak too when you do it. Yeah. Like, but but you're not do it and 
it changes the relationship with your child. Yeah. At yeah. any age. Okay, number two, ability to minimize sin. Um. Yeah. I mean, I think to me, I it would. Is he kind of talking about we justify it? Would that be what that is? Like we can justify those small sins? Yeah. They're not pro- small. All <laughs> sin sin. I mean, probably. I. I, I was kind of confused. <laughs> okay. I mean, I. I because. I guess if you look at it in context of what he's saying, mm-hmm. so going back to the previous question, which was why isn't humble candor more of a regular part of our ministry leadership culture? Um, the ability to minimize <coughs> sin to me is, uh, I think we need to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. But here's here's what he didn't talk about, which I'm concerned about, is there's there's very little grace. like, And I think... In being candor, I think you have to give grace. Like, I'm not minimizing Absolutely. your sin. Uh, you made a mistake, and I, I appreciate you bringing that mistake. But we're so quick to push guys, or, or girls for that matter, right. out of leadership positions because they made one flaw. I don't want to minimize your sin, but... Uh, I don't want to make it a big elephant either. Yeah. I think that's where, at the beginning, it's that approachability and loving honesty. I think it's, I I do think he has this theme weaved all through that you need to be a group that can say, call sin, sin, Mm -hmm. and then show the grace and restoration and forgiveness that comes from it. Like, okay, so this is sin. Yeah. But God forgave us. We forgive you. How do we help you move through this? So Bethany and I were sitting talking, this was a couple of nights ago, and it was just, we were having a really good conversation just about like who we are and the Mm -hmm. the way God has made us and constructed us. And um, I just told her, uh, she was wrestling with some things and without sharing any details, but um, I told her, and you're probably in her camp, where I said, you, and I said, this is a great thing. So don't hear it as a bad thing or, or try not to hear it as a bad thing. But I said, you have never struggled with, with sin. And it, what I mean by that is like, you've never made decisions that have dramatically affected your life. Right. It, it, you and, uh, and Bethany's the same way. Like you guys have followed Jesus since you were five. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know, like Bethany has maybe had like a sip of alcohol in right. her life. She's never smoked a cigarette. She's never, I mean... There are things, her biggest enemy is inside her head. Yes. <laughs> so. Absolutely. And and her biggest enemy. And is, I say that for me, not her. Oh, yeah. But probably her, Is too. not elevating herself above somebody else in, in regards to, like, I'm more spiritually mature than you. Yep. And, and I know she, she wrestles with that, and she wouldn't deny that. But what I told her was, is I said, it's very hard for you to give grace to somebody who's made a deliberate decision to, to sin. And I said, and me, on the other hand, like, I get it. Mm-hmm. Like, this, I made a million of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Oh, there's, yeah. Like, don't touch the stove. Uh, I touch the stove. You know what I mean? Like, it's hot. Like, it, you better believe it's hot. Like, and I'm going to feel that for two weeks. But... So, funny story, that is truly my youngest. <laughs> like, he legitimately, I'm like, don't touch that pan, it's hot. Boom! Mom! I'm like, dude. He goes, and it... He had to figure it out himself. Yeah. And I think, oh, please don't let that happen as he gets older. Yeah, because you want to, like, and I told Bethany, uh, I've told her a thousand times, I'm like, I trade testimonies with you uh, all day long, you know, like, because we get wrapped up when people, you know, they're going to get baptized or whatever. They're like, I made all these mistakes and blah, blah, blah. And the further I go in my life, like, the, the more I walk with Jesus, the more I love that guy, girl, whatever the case is, stands up and they're like, hey. I made a decision at five, six, seven, whatever to follow Jesus. And I'm still committed. Still doing it. Yeah. You're like, and I'm like, oh. That's something to celebrate. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love the, you know, I love like yeah. that. But I think we get, we, we get do. saturated with the sin. But I think the same is true with leadership. So when he talks about the ability to minimize sin, I, I don't want to minimize your sin, but I, I don't want to look at your sin and say. It defines you. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that. I don't know. I would love to talk to Paul about his previous yeah. past. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Did you know that our cleaning person is like by proxy? No, like one of her family members is related to him. Let's bring him in. I know. I was like, holy cow. Can we can we meet him? Just call him up. <laughs> like, I'm going to need you to make a phone call for me. Uncle Paul. Yeah. kind. It is. It's his uncle. It's That's like her awesome. son-in-law or something. I was like, oh. <gasps> I'm when so you're in town, like, 
hit us up. If you ever hit, get to Bremen, like. we had a we have a, a friend of ours is very good friends. Used to be very good friends uh, with a very popular recording artist, and we were so close um, to having them come to oh. to the church, and uh, and still to this day, they were like, well, "What would you do if like they actually came in?" I said, "I wouldn't tell a soul. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say anything." In my head, I'm thinking, I bet half the people wouldn't know who they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right? Well, like, we did that the other day. Were you in the meeting on Sunday, and Bethany says, man, we're talking a lot about Bethany today, uh, and she's like, um, how many people know this this song? And it was a hymn. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like, nobody. Nobody raised their hand. I was like, what? What? I was like, how <laughs> you? and I did, and Annette. I'm like, <laughs> our secretary. Person. Yeah. This is me. Yeah, and I was like, what? wait, how do you not yeah. know? that song but that's true but we're still to this day if i i would love to just have somebody in you know where Mm -hmm. they're like hey um paul tripp's preaching today and people be like to us we'd be like geeking out like are you serious no fourth or fifth grade class (laughs) i am sitting in on this one but i would never tell anybody or like if uh we'll go way back to like my childhood but like like third day came and led worship you know what i mean like it's like people be like is that yeah, yeah. yeah. I, did, uh, I did a third day Michael W. Smith concert like they did, and oh, then they had uh, um, Max Lucado there speaking throughout it. It was really fun. Like, it was cool. Uh, saw Audio Adrenaline and DC Talk at the same time. Oh, I love DC Talk. Mm-hmm. Yep. I Which still is remember basically standing on the now chair. Newsboys because it's like most of their people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, we digress. Uh, we digress. Number three, must have the respect of others. Now, what is the difference... I was I, I read this and I thought, man, I gotta ask Jess about this. What is the difference between respect and candor? The difference between respect and candor. Yeah, so uh, I'll give you what I'm really looking for. Yeah. Is respect what comes? Is it the product of candor? Oh, it should be, I think. And if it isn't, why isn't it? Because we're not candid. Mm. <laughs> like if I really, if I want someone to, if I want someone to respect me, I should want them to respect the deep, like who I really am. Right. But we don't, we're not often like that. We like to right. put on a show. We like, like you said, before we got on, before we push play, we were dragging and then we're like, hey. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like not, church. Yeah. Not to say that this isn't real right now. It just takes a little bit to wake yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like when you get out of the car and the yeah. greeter hits you and he's like, how you guys doing? We're like, we're great. Great. We just fought the whole way here. <laughs> Wait Don't talk church. about it. We'll pick this back up. <laughs> yeah. I think we should like, I know I want people to respect who I, who I really am, mm-hmm. but that's still really hard to be candid with people. Sure. And so it's a struggle. So I don't know if I answered your question, but I think, um, we should, be candid with mm-hmm. people and because then they're really respecting us. They're not respecting the picture of who we've presented ourselves to be. Yeah. But that's hard because in the same breath, I want them to respect me. And if they really know yeah. the, the yuckiness, the, the thoughts, the, the weaknesses that I struggle with, um, will they still respect me? Well, I, and I think right here is where we have to stop and say, there's a difference between being, honest Mm -hmm. like brutally honest because i get that from people all the time well i'm just being honest that's not candid no you're you're just you're just sharing your opinion you're not you're not sensitive to the feelings of other people Uh you can say something in a candid way that's very loving absolutely you know so if if you look at somebody and you're like um yeah we don't have you hold babies in the nursery because you're terrible at it like that's not candid that's that's you being that's you being mean right yeah but if you look at it and you say you know just uh, where we're at right now, and uh, what we see is um, this yeah. gifting is is not there, and um, you know, I don't know how to formulate it right now. But yeah. Anyway, you might be better suited serving somewhere else, or yeah. this might be something that you know a different age group might be more appropriate. Or absolutely. Yeah, or you can word it in a way that's just moving, you know, into a different because I want to make that distinction for people who are listening because they're like, well, I'm candid. You might be mean. Mm -hmm. And I would say this chapter is more about are you candid with who you really are than are you candid and able to speak truth or frankness or whatever to others. So turn that, like look internally then. Am I as candid with my own weaknesses Mm -hmm. 
as I am to point out someone else's. Yeah, when you look in the mirror, are you looking at yourself going, um, you're not good at that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I watch Bethany run with the Easter stuff and, and I love it and I just look at it and I go, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're doing great. I'm I'm not good at that. And she, she'll throw me something. She'll be like, here, make this look pretty. And I'm like, I can do that. Right. You know, right. like I can make this look awesome. So that's fine. But to look at it and say, uh, and that's taken years and I'm still probably years to go. Like there's still times where I'm like, I want to do this. And, and I have to tell myself like, Jordan, don't. Because you're not good at that. Yeah. Well, I think that goes back to uh, previous chapters where you've you've got limits in your gifting. And when we can be honest with ourselves mm-hmm. of where those areas that we are, we can free up and allow others to then serve in their gifting. Um, but again, I think it requires humbleness and uh, yeah. you got to lower that pride. Yeah. I'm, I, I look at it sometimes. I like I look at myself and I go, don't don't do it. Don't mm-hmm. touch that. You're not good at that. Like you want to do that. But, but don't, like, it'll, you'll do somebody else a disservice. All right, four, uh, identity in ministry. So the way I look at this is, uh, oh, man, how do I, how do I word this? Um, this happened the other day. Somebody said, you work four jobs, and I was so offended. And I had to take a step back on why I was so offended. When in reality, uh, I look... Uh, I have one calling Mm -hmm. and four different areas that pour into that calling. Mm -hmm. And so I had done, so here's, here's like the, the being candid with myself. I looked at it and I go, but Jordan, you've pitched it that way. Mm -hmm. Like you sold it that way. You told people that you have four jobs. You've said it out of your mouth before. And I'm like, man, made a mistake there. Like need to change that because it's not four different jobs. You do, you have one calling that's ministry three different avenues, four different avenues of port into that calling. Everything goes back to um, what we do for the church. But something Ryan Hall said, um, who's a famous marathon runner, he said, and I think we brought this up before, but he essentially, for the longest time, he'd be like, well, I, I run marathons and uh, and I'm a Christian. And he's like, and then it all changed when he said, I'm a Christian who just so happens to run marathons. And I thought, as I was reading this, I thought, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ first, who just so happens to participate in one, two, three, four. And the question on the table is, why do people have such a hard time changing their identity from what they do for a living into who they are as a in the image of God. Man, I I don't know, because it's something that I wrestle with with teenagers. It's something that I have conversation with with women. Mm -hmm. The first thing you when you meet someone. You know, what's your name? What do you do? Those are the first two questions. And the world has so conditioned us to think that way. Mm -hmm. Um, Imagine if the conversation was, what is your name? Who do you serve? Yeah. You know, or, you know, how are you living out the gospel? How do you live out the gospel in your Mm -hmm. life? You know, I think it so much of it is just the perspective change. Um, And the world has conditioned us to find value in um, our job, our kids. um, Right. With women, it's, you know, what is your name? How many kids do you have? Right, <laughs> you right, know, right. Like we find our value there. And so I think it's just we've got to take a drastic shift and go, this is who I am. This is my name, and this is who I am in Christ. This is how I live out the gospel. And yeah. um, I don't know why it's so hard. I think I think some of it's the worldly influence. I think we feel we we – we get puffed up when mm-hmm. I do this. Well, when it's how do I live out the gospel, it's not about me at all. It's all about God. And right. so it takes us out of that position of it puts us in the proper position. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we like to be on top. Um, yeah. Uh, so I don't know. We compartmentalize so many things. <clears throat> like, and it, It's hard. Like I've had to go back and say, like, for example, like, why do I love working out? Well, because it pours into other disciplines mm-hmm. in regards to what I do uh, here at the church. You know, well. Why do I serve in, in areas in the community? Because right. those are avenues that we've paid for people to come walk into mm-hmm. the church. You know, so it's like everything is done uh, to steal our, our catchphrase, which is to make Christ known right. near and far. But in the same breath, I think the underlying current there is because you're a believer. Yeah. So why not just say it? Like, yeah. hey, what do you do? I'm a believer. Yeah. Like, uh, a believer in what? Uh, Jesus. 
I exist to glorify God. Yeah. Oh, well, how do you do that? Yeah. By serving at the church. Yeah, like I, by pouring into kids and teens. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what what a what a game changing moment that would be for people to look at it and say, uh, "So your identity is not in ministry." Yeah. Like, n- no, because if that got taken away from me, I I'd be okay. Yeah, I'm. I'd still be a follower of Jesus here to glorify God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like one of those things. All right, last one. Um, functional gospel doubt, and I love Go. that he goes back. To the gospel. Absolutely. All the time. It's my favorite. Oh, uh, me too. So, um, so two things. I think number one is people forget this all the time. We haven't said this. The reason that you evangelize is twofold. Number one, to allow somebody who's far from God to come to faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. So you say, hey, um, I have a relationship with Jesus, uh, and that relationship is, is offered to you. But number two is the affirmation of your own faith right. so I, I think people miss the second one why do we not communicate the gospel to ourselves every single day like why would we accept jesus we're and then gonna, we ignore it and then we get baptized yeah and uh, the church celebrates and then all of a sudden it's like okay now we're gonna shelf that and i'm gonna pull that card when when jesus calls me home i don't know because it <laughs> ticks me off and i don't know if it has just been um I don't know if it was like going to college and learning to like, we talked so much about a biblical worldview. I don't know if it was just over the last few years of growing and realizing that the gospel should permeate every single part of your life every single day. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, like, cause I get so frustrated. I'm like, did you think of that in light of the gospel? Like if every day I woke up and I thought, oh my goodness, Jesus died on the cross and rose again for me so that I could um, have a relationship with God and go tell others that mm-hmm. that would completely reshape the way I approach my day mm-hmm. but also it'd make me recognize my sin more it'd make it'd make me remember that my calling is to make Christ known um, you know to go share the gospel mm-hmm. um, it would change the entire way you lived your life every day and why don't we I don't know yeah it was funny I was struggling with something the other day and I I told myself out loud in the car I said Jordan you could overcome this if you trust like if you just trust, mm-hmm. if you, if you just believe that God is able to do this thing, um, you'd be fine. And I was like, did I just share the gospel with myself? I, and I, yeah. I did. You know, it was, it was a very candid conversation where, I mean, hey, you can talk to yourself. You're not crazy. Go yes. for it. People do it all the time anyway. And I said, um, you, the reason that we're constantly coming up against this boundary is because you haven't you haven't trusted. You're, you're not you're you're not believing in faith that God is able to do what you can't. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man. Yeah. Well, and that daily thought of like part of you know accepting the gospel is that surrender. And if I were to have that at the forefront of my mind, you know, when I'm trying to control everything, no, mm-hmm. I got to surrender. I I made the choice to make Jesus Lord and Savior, which mm-hmm. means I'm surrendering control to Him. I surrender control to Him. I need to continue to surrender it now every day. Yeah, I. It's been something that has been like just running through my head for the past few years. And I try to shape all of the times I teach kids like the gospel changes your every single day life. It's yeah. not just that moment. And, and you'll find it like I've found that God has led me away from music and movies and things that I used to just be so drawn to. And then I'll find myself like in front of that and I'll think, I don't like this anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, why don't I like this? I want to like this. And there's that little piece in the back of my head that's like, you don't like this because it's not good for you. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you're you're not participating in this because you know it's not good for you. Mm-hmm. And it's that's where I think the frustration comes where, the, and maybe that's the full circle of, of being candid with yourself is mm-hmm. instead of fighting it, like submit to it and say, oh, oh yeah, because I am a believer because mm-hmm. I do have Jesus as my savior or whatever the case is. Um, yeah, that's that's hard. All right. So, what is your big takeaway? Short chapter. Yeah. Your big your big kind of pull away from it. Um, I think I think it would just be um, find your group mm-hmm. and be honest with them. I, uh, sanctification is the process of um, becoming more and more like Jesus, and mm-hmm. it's a process. And oftentimes, it's your you me that halts that process because yep. I don't recognize the own sin in my life, and that's where other people come in. And when you can 
they can either help you see that or where you can be completely honest. This, I am struggling loving my spouse today. I am struggling um, parenting my kids the way God wants me. I, I have anger or bitterness towards this. Like find those people, be honest with them so that they can come alongside. Sometimes we need people to lift us up yeah. when I can't do it on my own there. I, we've all, I think most of us have been at the end of our rope in situations where we don't, we've, we don't know. Like we're not even sure if we can cry out to God on our own. You yeah. need that group of people to help you, um, carry one another's burdens. Absolutely. So that you continue to live more and more like Jesus Christ. Yeah. It, it feels like you're talking about having a Barnabas in your life, yeah. and I would I would agree with that. But I think you also need a Paul. I think yeah. you need somebody who's going to call you on the carpet. Absolutely. And, and my I guess my prayer would be that you love them for it, and mm-hmm. you don't hate them for it. Like, um, yeah, see it for what it really truly yeah. is, and and that that person maybe it's a prayer that God would open your eyes and you would see that that person. Um, is really seeking your best. Absolutely. Now, you also need discernment if that person's constantly pummeling you, mm-hmm. you know, like that could be a problem. So think about that, you know, and, and walk through that too as well. But I remember out of college, I thought, I wish somebody would have told me this. I wish somebody would have told me that friends come and go. Yeah. Like your junior high friends are not going to be your high school friends. Your high school friends are not going to be your lifelong friends. Some people have high school friends that are lifelong friends. That's few and far in between. Yeah. Um, and if you do, hey, count your blessings. You know, that's mm-hmm. fine. Uh, my college friends were not going to be my everyday friend, you know, my lifelong friends. Um, I wish somebody would have said like, hey, when you turn about 35, 36, you're going to start having really good friendships. Yeah. And uh, before that, um, start praying for those friendships, mm-hmm. you know. And then if you find yourself there um, where you're at in life and you're like, man, I don't have these people in my life. I think you need to pray for it. Oh, 100% agree with that. Yeah, and God will open your eyes and he'll move people out of your life. He'll move people into your life and um, it's good. So in regards to leadership, um, man, be real careful who's preaching in your ear. Make sure they're biblical. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you have somebody who's saying stuff in your ear and they're just getting things from their social media feeds, man, get that person out. Make sure it's somebody who's constantly pushing in uh, the text and saying, hey, what does the Bible say? What What does God's word say? I had a conversation, I'll leave you with this, but uh, um, I had a conversation with one of our, our guys in leadership the other day, and he said um, he believes that we are one of the few, um, now I know they're all out there, but he's like, we are becoming, slowly becoming one of the few Bible teaching churches that are around. Mm-hmm. And that just broke my heart. Yeah. Um, and I know there's other guys that are preaching the gospel and preaching the Bible, mm-hmm. but uh, in reality, it's few and far between. That's being candid as a leader is constantly uh, reiterating what does the text say. So don't Absolutely. be scared uh, of the text. Until we meet again, have a wonderful day. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Community Gospel Church podcast. If you would like to support this ministry financially, simply log on to communitygospelchurch.com and click the Contribute tab.